The sounds of Sweet Home Alabama bringing us in to Twisted Lister. Welcome to the show. I'm Scott, as always, joined by Todd and Harrison. Today we're counting down diss songs, and of course, that being one of them, Sweet Home Alabama, as they diss Mr. Neil Young. Welcome to the show, Harrison and Todd. Hello, guys. Hey, I'm excited about the topic today. Yeah. as yeah, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. As always, of course, the show, not as always, until another sponsor appears, sponsored by Huckle's Hot Sauce, Harrison. That's right. Hey. Yeah, oh, yeah, Huckle's Hot Sauce. Harrison, where can people find more information on your latest creation? If you go to Facebook.com slash Huckle Sauce, you will find all sorts of information about my Huckle's Hot Sauce available in seven retail locations throughout Baltimore. Again, it's Facebook.com slash Huckle Sauce. There you go. I also wanted right. to give a shout-out to two different podcasts. Uh, that I was listening to Moshe Kasher's podcast, and he has an episode called The History of Hip-Hop, which is phenomenal, and you should definitely check it out. It's very, it's worthwhile. It's incredible. Uh, w. Kamal Bell is on it. It's fantastic, and it's worth checking out because of the music crossover. I wanted to let our audience know about it, and I found out about it because it was promoted on Nerdist, and there have been two very – there have been great two great music-related interviews on Nerdist recently that should be checked out, one being John Cusack, of course, about the Brian Wilson movie, and then the other being an interview with Dexter holland from offspring which was phenomenal so uh, i wanted to you know i think it's important podcasters supporting podcasters not that those guys necessarily need our support but it's important <laughs> right. for the community so i wanted to i wanted to throw that out there it's good podcasting karma if nothing else exactly todd exactly <laughs> yeah. putting good energy into the world yeah yeah so so a lot has taken place since we last talked this show by the way this this came about because of the last show it kind of plays off the last show when todd ended his countdown with the lenny kravitz uh, the Lenny Kravitz song was was number one on his list of the, the uh, of his of the last track of the last episode, and of course Slash played on that song. And then we started talking about this this uh, time in 1992 in Paris when GNR played with Lenny, and what that led to was some amazing rants that we found from Axl Rose, who was mad at the world, of course, during that show. And then we said, okay, we should do we should do the top diss songs um so that's that's how this came about and that was unbelievable we got what we found by the the axel stuff that we had found on youtube oh yeah oh yeah like yeah that guy that guy knows how to pick a fight right that guy does i read uh i read a thing this week as i was reading up on axel rose that uh, and of course faith no more coming back around mike Patton mm -hmm. uh, said that one time he defecated in axel rose's orange juice i don't, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story that's yeah i here let me let me dig that story up i found it um yeah didn't I, they tour with metallica and, and faith no more metallica and gnr right yeah, yeah that was the lineup right yeah and, and that was the one we found where axel was talking shit about kurt cobain the whole time oh, that's too right. remember but uh um, oh yeah we should find. I gotta find. I gotta pull up some of that stuff uh, from that we had discovered last week on YouTube. It was phenomenal. It's it's this GNR show '92 in Paris, uh, which was which was absolutely incredible. And yeah, he just goes. I mean, he goes crazy. And Axel's outfits are amazing too. But uh, there's a whole rant. Where was the good rant? I should find. Try to find the man. The rant with Lenny always on the run. Then he'd, uh, uh, you know, it's good when the set list has ran. Anyway, check it out. It's on YouTube. I'll find here. I'll I'll tell you guys about this 
This might link it on the Facebook page. Yeah, Put it on the Instagram. Definitely, we don't have an Instagram right now, but that's all right. <laughs> well, there, you nobody wants to see a picture. It's a podcast. But put it on, uh, put it on our Tumblr. I'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll put it on our MySpace. Uh, so yes. let me tell you, I do have this Mike Patton story here available. So Mike Patton once defecated in Axl Rose's orange juice. This came from Consequences <laughs> Sound. Ironically, just this week they did this story, and they say Mike Patton's rivalry with Axl Rose goes beyond who's got a larger vocal range. And then they talk about Mike Patton's once pissed all over Axl Rose's cue cards while Guns N' Roses were on stage, and Axl was using them to <laughs> shout his way through Sweet Child Mine. He also had a shit in an orange juice carton, resealed it, and put it back in <laughs> Axl Rose's personal drinks vending machine. That's amazing, and it was yes, wow. it, it was on that tour. I, I hope he labeled it not from concentrate. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> That's for all you uh, Axel, oh, GNR, and, and Faith No More fans. So yeah, more coming up on the. We get to the list, of course, diss songs and 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 burn songs. So that'll be good. A lot has happened in music since we last convened. This being Bonnaroo weekend, of course, Harrison. I remember our trip to Bonnaroo ten plus years ago. I was telling Todd earlier. Yep, I figured that. I was yeah. t- Harrison. <laughs> Harrison disappeared for twenty four hours. Literally twenty four. We're only there for three days, and you disappeared for twenty four hours of the three days. The I remember you guys. Hours. I remember you guys disappearing for twenty four. No, hours. I don't. Weird. No, I don't know. It, no, no. I couldn't. I, and it was and it was a solid twenty four hours because I remember you left to go see Primus doing a late night show, and you're like, "I'm going to see Primus." Okay. <laughs> And then you didn't show up until after the headliner, who I think was Dave Matthews, the following night. I don't know. No, what no, no. We we definitely went to Dave together. We watched Super Jam together. We did the whole thing. Dude, yeah, that Super, we did. Super Jam was different. But wasn't that on the last? I thought that was the last day. No, but we were definitely went to Dave together. For sure. No, you were missing. I remember you missing. No, we went to right. Dylan together, I think. We saw Dylan together. Oh, remember, because okay. Steve Winwood played before him. I, yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. No, no, no. I I remember also I another like another great Bonnaroo memory is Todd. Todd, we're going through the – I don't know. There was this the, huge – All the mud? Yeah, yeah. No. So there's this, oh, there's this torrential rainfall, and then uh, Todd – I have to uh, – so so then we're going to see the dead. The dead are playing. They're headlining that night, and we're walking through this mud, and Todd decides – he just gets stuck in this mud, and he's literally sleeping, standing up, <laughs> in mud up to up to his knees. It was pretty That impressive. was my own form of carbonite. I was like, I'm doing a Han Solo <laughs> If I hadn't lifted you out of there, you would still be in that mud in Manchester, Tennessee. Still be in Man- exactly. <laughs> have you guys – He's part of the Bonnaroo now. Leave him. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys had a ch- did you have a chance this past weekend to check out any of the the Bonnaroo uh, live stream activities? We have to bring the lister to Bonnaroo. I, I, I listened uh, yes. today. I was listening to Hosier Hoser. Yeah, Hoser, I saw that. Hoser. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was listening to his set, and he sounded pretty pretty on point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He. I. I. I can't. I'd love to see him live. He's got to be doing a great live show. I, right I now. saw him at Jazz Fest. I caught the end of his set, and he was, oh. he was good. It was solid. Yeah, I thought he was really good. He did a cover. He threw in this weird cover of of nothing but a G. Th- um, no, I'm sorry, regulate, and it worked. It was cool. Oh, it wasn't cool. cheesy. Like it really worked. It was in the middle of one of his songs. I thought it was awesome. And uh, I got to. I, so I did watch the Mumford set, and the, mm-hmm. this new Mumford is this is weird. 
it's just weirding me out. Like it's it's weird. They're like trying to rock really hard. Have you guys seen any of the? Of I the, haven't seen the live stuff, but yeah. my feeling from the album was it's just kind of bland. I thought but it's, that was my. It's bizarre. The word I would t- yeah, I would describe it. With. It's it's strange, and I you know I was a fan, and I I I don't know where 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 the Mumford is going with it. I, I'm confused. I'm, I'm just confused by it. I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of confused. So, I respect so. the fact that they were trying. We talked about this a little bit, but I respect yeah. the fact they tried to do something a little different, but yeah. it wasn't. But in doing something different, it just did what a lot of other bands have already been doing. So it wasn't like, it was different for them, but not really different from other <laughs> pop, arena, you know, you know, pop music, like Coldplay and YouTube. YouTube, it seemed like, they were trying to be like those acts. That's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, he's you know, Marcus Mumford is a, is a super talented musician. I think, um, especially he does this bit where he plays the drums and like, he's he's a talented musician. And I, I I was a big fan of them back in the day. And I but I'm just confused by this this whole new rock. Yeah, I know. It's like maybe someone's like you know, Radiohead succeeded when they got rid of their guitars. Maybe somebody convinced them he's like, go oh, get rid of the banjo, you know. And there's no banjo on the new album. I don't know, like yeah, it's weird. It's you can't swing the pendulum that hard, you know. Right, it's, you're gonna have to recover from this one. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Just put the vest back on and be a Mumford, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but cool moments at Bonnaroo. I gotta say, Bonnaroo, I think may have gotten the strongest lineup of the of the summer festivals. I mean, really, really strong lineup. When I kept looking at who was playing and, and what was going on at Bonnaroo, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Harrison. Since we last convened, also, I think you saw Andrew W.K., right? What's... Oh, my God. Did I see? I experienced Andrew W.K. That's a full body, full body explosion right tell there. The, tell, the, tell the audience. What <laughs> full <that> body <laughs> So Andrew W.K. is playing. Uh, last Friday, he played three, uh, three bucks down from my uh, house. So uh, my girlfriend, Leah, is a huge Andrew W.K. fan from way back. So she, we went, got to the show. There were a bunch of friends of ours already there. And we partied hard all night. It was Andrew WK. All that was on stage was Andrew WK, a keyboard, and then he had like a backup singer who looked like he was uh, had been recently kicked out of the Dropkick Murphys. Um, <laughs> but did you party till you puke? That that's important too. <laughs> Leah did. Leah oh, actually okay. did. Yeah. All right. Full disclosure. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Leah, if you're listening, yeah, I just outed you. She, she puked right before Andrew WK went Look, on stage. A true fan, that's what they would do. They follow, you know, the wisdom or the the advice of their, the object of their affection. Right? Cool. Yeah. Great. Yeah, she was emulating. And but Andrew WK, hell of a show, man. Every single time I've seen him, has just blown the roof off the place. He knows how to. He how, knows how to do a show. How many times have you seen this guy? Uh, at least twice, maybe three. I times. remember you seeing him at nine thirty back in the day. Dude. You saw him like a decade ago. I feel like. No, I saw him. At, I saw him at uh, the at the Rock and Roll Hotel, and he did oh, a show there. Okay. Yeah, I might have actually you also never seen him at nine thirty. Okay, I might have seen him at nine thirty. I don't, I can't remember. <laughs> and Todd, you had you had a meeting, a '90s Preservation Society meeting where the Pixies were playing at nine thirty club. Oh You've yeah, seen some was, shows was... lately too, huh? Yeah, I've seen yeah. a bunch, but yeah, the Pixies like, definitely one that. I had never seen a band I'd never seen before that I really wanted to. And when they announced a last minute show at 930 Club, which for those who don't know, very pretty small venue for a band like the Pixies to play, um, given that they had played like a huge, a big amphitheater the night before at a festival. Um, so anyway, I was very impressed. They, I don't think they disappointed anyone. But um, yeah, no, I, they, very high energy. Frank Black can still wail like he did, you know, 25 years ago, which is impressive. Because those songs are not easy to sing, I don't think. And uh, yeah, they sent and actually the bassist who replaced Kim Deal. I don't rem- 
uh, I don't remember her name, forgive me, but she sounded great um, vocally and in, on, you know, as far as bass. Because a lot of their songs, I feel like, are very rhythmic, you know, rhythm-driven, section-driven. Um, yeah. So you got some great bass lines, but she did a really good job. So that was it was it was impressive. So I can now cross the Pixies off that list of big bands, important bands for me that I've never seen. And you had, you, had, you had one more concert review, Decemberist Father John Misty. How was the show? Yeah, it was a great show. I've seen the Decemberists. I think this was the third, maybe third time. But, uh, I, you know, I, I've talked about them a lot on this show. I love the new, the newer recorded output they've had. And I went back, and it, it, it was cool before the show. You know, you, you always a lot of times go back and listen to everything. And, you know, it just gave me more of a deeper appreciation for them. Cause they, and they sounded great. I mean, Colin Malloy, he's got one of the most distinctive voices, whether you like it or not, in, in indie rock, I think. And, um, and they had a horn section behind them. They had a really tight sound. Um, and Father John Misty, I love. That was the third time or fourth time I've seen him. And he's just a great performer. Yeah, is, he's he, funny. is he still he's doing? Sarcastic. Is he still well, doing basically the 21st century version of Jim Morrison? Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, kind, of, it's yeah. kind of like a literally uh, yeah. the doors of the 21st century. By the yeah, way, that's yeah. right. <laughs> it's like a fusion of Jim Morrison and Mick Jagger. His moves. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But he's just—I think the guy is hilarious. And the music—I I, I was excited to hear the music off of "I Love You, Honey Bear," which I think is one of the best albums of this year. Um, and he, he just knocked it out of the park. Like, I love the first album, uh, but this album is, I don't know, it's definitely more of a conceptual, I don't want to say concept album, but kind of conceptual album. Um, but it just sounded great. And Board in the USA is probably my favorite song off the album, and he just, that was probably my favorite song in the set. That's so, cool. Wait, Todd, highly recommend like seeing Board it. in the USA? Is right. Gosh, well, I'm shocked Ford, that. Sorry, um, B, sorry, B O R E D. Oh, I know, but I'm shocked that that oh, okay. titillated your senses. <laughs> that's something that you latched Look, onto. For the listeners, the song, like, yeah. it has it has it has no musical relation to Born in the USA. Of course not. Those, yes. those listeners aren't aware. Todd, a very big Bruce Springsteen fan. By the yes. way, for for uh, the, the people who are interested out there in finding some good Father John Misty, a cool cool Father John Misty. Segment to check out is he he sat in with Florence and the with Florence Welsh at Coachella and they covered Love Hurts and it was it's pretty cool and it's just them sitting on bar stools covering it it's it's a pretty cool cover so oh, that's awesome worth, worth nice. checking out one yeah. thing about Father John Misty I found when I yeah. talked to people about like before this show and after yeah he seems to be a very polarizing figure I don't know it's just funny yeah. most people I talk to are either like oh yeah he's awesome I love him. Or they're just like, oh, I don't get it. Like, I it can't get into it. I yeah, I've, yeah had a, I've had a lot of both of those. Yeah. I could see that. The yeah. other, he has a good. I mean, I mean, I like his heart shaped box cover. You know. Oh, oh yeah, that's great. Oh, it's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. You a know, song about Courtney Love. I want to yeah. get. I want to get into. I want to get into the lit. Court, by the way, Courtney Love is on she'll, she'll come up later yeah she'll come yeah yeah that's true she Probably. will come up later as we kind of diss song i want to get in the list i wanted to talk about apple music real quick because that has happened since our last show I don't, but I could go on probably another rant for another 40 minutes. I, it's another one where I guess just like the reinvention of Marcus Mumford, I'm confused by the whole thing. There's nothing revolutionary there. To call it revolutionary was ridiculous. I don't quite understand what's going on. I'm a huge fan of Spotify as a product. I am, there was an, uh, there was a column that I read that, that kind of nailed it. There was a guy who talked about how he's an Apple fanboy, and you guys know I'm an Apple fanboy as well. You guys have been to my various houses throughout the years and always seen apple products lying around i think i, oh, I yeah. sleep next to four different apple products i think i have four strewn <laughs> on this table where we're recording this show um so 
I love I, I for me it comes down to this the hardware is still great but I'm confused with the direction of, of of the software overall and like the Apple Music kind of hits the nail on the head there I don't I don't quite get what they're doing uh, I don't I don't quite understand what's revolutionary about a radio station I don't I I'm confused by it but yeah it's 2015 to... I'm not sure I agree with, <laughs> with what a radio station I mean they got some good people running it but that's not exactly revolutionary yeah. and yeah. you know they're gonna and the content's not gonna be much different than Spotify that that said please add twisted listener to your apple music playlist yeah. <laughs> immediately of course well let's yeah. let's let's get it without any further ado let's get into the list disc songs i have found the axel rant i want to play this before harrison starts his countdown we don't even know what's on harrison's list of course we have a pre-meeting usually discuss the list harrison has, has said he doesn't even want us to know that's but right listen, this 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 rant is what uh, decided that we were going to do this show this week. Axel, marching across the stage, cigarette in his hand, no pants on. Two men who likes to play games. Two men that lives his life playing games, premeditated games. Man is so empty that that's all he can do is play fucking games. A man who's a parasite. A man who makes, who lives his life on sucking off other people's life force and their energy. An old man who likes to live vicariously through young people and suck up all their life because he has none of his own. I present you Harrison Long. Harrison. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Wicked burn, Axel. <laughs> I thought we were friends. <laughs> All right, Harrison, let's get into your list without any further ado. All right, so we're going to start my list uh, with number five. I have uh, Holla Back Girl by Gwen Stefani. What? This song came about because apparently uh, Courtney Love had an interview with uh, Teen Magazine and was talking about how being famous is like being in high school, but she's like, I don't want to be a cheerleader. I don't want to be Gwen Stefani. I'm the girl who hangs out in the smoke room. And so Gwen Stefani wrote Hollaback Girl about that, like, whole thing. She, and her whole bit was like, fine, I'll, I'm going to be the cheerleader. I'm still going to beat your ass, was basically her response. So in a way, Courtney Love is responsible for uh, uh, Gwen Stacy's entire solo persona and career trajectory. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Hollaback Girl being the first hit off, you know, first hit off her uh, solo album. So this is interesting. Yeah. This is first of all, it took. All of five seconds for Courtney Love to come up in a, in a, in a countdown right. about diss songs. That's number one. Number two, this is – I don't know how to feel – like, Holler Batgirl, I, I, not a great – not a great track, in my opinion, Todd. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I can't say I love the song, but I do like the story behind it. And I actually it's a good discovered story. this in the in researching uh, for this topic. I never knew that story, and I learned it. In leading up to this, but yeah. it is a good story. But yeah, the song itself, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Right. I could do. I, I don't. I could take it or leave it. I guess. <laughs> All right. All right, Harrison. Next. All right, number four on my list, I have uh, "Starfuckers Inc." by Nine Inch Nails, mm. a song written by Trent Reznor. Um, at the time, it was supposed that he was writing it about Marilyn Manson and possibly also Courtney Love. Uh, and then <laughs> I said the theme. I said <laughs> when the video came out, uh, Marilyn Manson co-started the video, and then we had kind of this pig-like, uh, similar-looking uh, similar doppelganger of Courtney Love running around. 
I like a pig in shit during the video. So that kind of presupposes that the song was actually about Courtney Love. So yeah, I have uh, Nine Inch Nails of Starfuckers as my- Incidentally, two of those three artists were dissed by New Radicals in the song You Get What You Give. Oh, God. Yeah, Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. You're right. Yeah. So Along with Beck and Hanson. Not, not on Beckham my list. Yeah. yeah. You know, what I never understood about that is, you know, I get it with Courtney Love. I get it with Marilyn Manson. Even Hanson, you can make a case they were annoying. But Beck, he's guys... fairly innocent, right? I don't know. Do you know? Actually, from what I understand is the diss was actually at Beck and the rest were in there for rhyme scheme. Oh. Do you yeah. know the reason? I can't remember what it was. Uh, I, right. It had something to do with yeah, producers Weird. and girlfriends. Okay, well then that Wait, the... okay, then that makes more sense actually because it, it seems like that was a plant. It seemed like the others are easy targets. I yeah, guess that's the difference. And Beck is kind of like, well, who who really hates Beck? I don't know. Now, yeah. the new New Radicals was one guy. Let's make that clear. So the producer is the Greg same. Something or other. Oh, yeah. Todd is a big. You're a big fan, Todd. I know that. I, big, I, yeah. I don't think I qualify as a big fan. <laughs> remember, he quit. He quit. He quit making music so he could go off to be the next Mutt Lang. Do you remember that? Oh, is that what he did? Oh, so he's yeah. like he's yeah, but Butch Walker became Butch Walker and Linda Perry became more successful. That's true. You yeah. know all this Courtney I did Love. I watched Beacon again the other night, so you know I do like some of the stuff he's. Done. Oh, that's right. He's responsible he for that. We talked about again. that, and I hate and I didn't like any of that music. I actually yeah. like that song, yeah. Lost Stars. I'll admit. No, I, that, that's that, I like it. All right, you guys. Yeah. Since we've been discussing Courtney Love for the last ten minutes, I think it's time to check out the new Courtney love that just came out about a month ago are you guys aware miss narcissist. narcissist i haven't heard it i uh, specifically have been avoiding just, it well we should listen to it together <laughs> okay okay Pretty much what you would expect it to sound like. Yeah, yeah, that's about yeah, what I would Yeah, yeah, say. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Miss Narcissus, check it out. Courtney Love. All right. Okay. Next Courtney Love diss song you've got on your list. Number three, <laughs> I have Coattails of a Dead Man by Primus. Mm. Uh, this All is right. a song uh, written about a woman who uh, latches on to a rapidly rising star, forces him into the limelight, which he doesn't appreciate. And then basically, according to the lyrics of the song, hands him the tools of his own destruction by giving him a shotgun and saying, do what you need to. Yes. Is this also, um, this seems like it's a Courtney Love corollary <laughs> here. This song, this song <laughs> is actually, this song, oh, is about, this song is about Courtney Love. Oh, okay. <laughs> I Primus. Uh, with Tom Waits on, on backing vocals. So oh, a really cool. good track. It's kind of got this kind of this Eastern European dirge to it, but it's a really, it was, a, I think, a, um, it was a hidden track on, on like either the Brown album or another album that came out around that time. Well, now you, and of course, now everybody knows our age because we talk about hidden tracks. So everyone knows <laughs> yeah. this is a 90s track. Preservation Society meeting. Yeah, this is the song, right. Hotels of a Dead Man. Oh, that sounds like a Tom Waits beginning. Yeah, it's it's got a real time weight to it. All right. Okay, Harrison. Next on your list. <laughs> All right. The lyrics are damning. Anyway. Yes. Uh, number two on my list, I have "I'll Stick Around" by uh, the Foo Fighters. Oh yeah, a, a great one. A song that for 15 years, uh, Dave Grohl would talk about what it was about, but if you listen to the lyrics, he finally admitted, yes, of course, it's about Courtney Love. Um, you know, just listen to it, you know, the, I don't know you anything, all that, um, 
very clearly pointed at her. And they were supposed to have a like a, a Courtney Love impersonator in the video, but they got replaced with a uh, a, the, a depiction of the AIDS virus instead. So <laughs> that is my. By the way, that's my favorite Foo Fighters song. That song is so oh, is awesome. Nice. Yes, my favorite Foo Fighters yes. song. Uh, so Harrison, your next this song. But also, Cor- just uh, anyway. Also, yeah, interestingly about yeah. that, Stacked Actors has never been actually confirmed as being about Courtney Love. But it did come out in the middle of her kind of that that the height of their feud that they had vis-a-vis Nirvana and while she was also doing like People versus Larry Flint and all that stuff. So it's probably also about her. But it's not. Well, and he he said it in some interviews when he finally admitted it mm-hmm. in, in like it was around 2009. He did say like, yeah, I you know the stuff about Courtney. I, he's basically like I've written a lot about a lot of people, and so some of it's you know he's trying to be non-specific, but he was like, yeah, the stuff about Courtney will come up from time to time. So he's kind of copying to the fact that he's written about her probably numerous yeah on numerous occasions and and actually i read that the song let it die which was off of echo silence patience and grace i think mm-hmm. that that was kind of about their feud and like letting the feud die gotcha I mean, which apparently it did at the rock and roll hall of fame at least they hugged it out i'm just i'm just saying like she uh-huh. like there's something about courtney love that she is some sort of weird anti-muse like you know, as much as love is a power that uh, lets people you know create i think hate is equally powerful and she like she tapped Less people tap into their hate in a very successful way. Like you can't, you can't deny that she has been responsible for some actually pretty good songs. In a way, she's a twisted muse. A she's, bit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. she's like a twisted anti-muse. They yeah. said your favorite Foo Fighters song of all time is, is about Courtney Love. Yeah, the, one of the most popular songs of the last 15 years, Hollaback Girl," is about Courtney Love. Like and "Heart Shaped Box." "Heart Shaped Box," one of the most like the seminal song it's of our crazy. Our, no, you're yeah, right. This, this is about this is Courtney kinda... fucking love. It's a, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Every song on Siamese Dream, except for Space Boy, is about fucking Courtney Love. Is that right? Literally, yes. literally fucking Courtney Love. Yeah, yes. yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really weird that, that Kurt and, and Billy are Eskimo brothers. I have to yeah. <laughs> it kind of creeps me out a little and bit. And Trent Reznor and Marilyn Manson. Well, she goes for a certain type. She goes for a certain type. Yeah. Oh, and and Wyland, actually. uh, No way! What? Too Cool Queenie off of Shangri-La Tida about Courtney Love. (laughs) This is amazing. Wait, first of all, we had a Shangri-La Tida reference. Okay. That's number one. Wait, Shangri-La Tida was was that the last STP album? No, no, not the last one. I think Days of the Week was on. Yeah, oh, it was. Oh, Days of the Week is yeah. a decent, decent track. Yeah, that's All right. Because oh, okay. yeah, you, Scott, you have a special affinity for act for songwriters for at their rock bottom strung out. Like yeah, that well. is where you latch on. You like <laughs> yeah. play me a fucking song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you love Axl Rose and Scott Weiland, two of the most that's, self-destructive I do. guys in rock. You in are like right. Years. <laughs> you are right. I do like both of those guys. Scott, well, wait, Shangri-La. So, wow, that's amazing. Like, yeah, you're right. You're onto something with your Courtney Love uh, references there. Yeah. Harrison. For Game of Thrones fans out there, since I'm in a Game of Thrones state of mind, I feel like she's the Melisandre. Hey, Harrison, you know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, the, the red. Like the, if, if, the red yeah, if she were a character in Game of Thrones, she would be Melisandre. Yeah, yeah she'd be burning people at the Which stick. after last week makes it much more disturbing, that, yeah. that analogy to me. Anyway. All right. <laughs> so my number one song on my list yeah. is Professional Widow by uh, um, Tori Amos. And it is, it is probably the most damning of all the songs. And I don't, like, I guess Tori Amos... And uh, Courtney Love had it out about oh the Oh my god, are you serious? Wow. <laughs> Tori Amos? I didn't know she had beef with Tori Tori Amos has beef with Courtney Love. This song is damning. It has lyrics in it like, no, no, don't blow your brains out yet. And 
star fucker just like your father and that's where it's like over the line because it's one thing to talk shit about a person but then to bring their family into yeah, it that's, that's a really whole another level of bitch on that one yeah. Courtney that Love Court, yeah. I, she's I never like, expected Tori Amos to be on this list yes yeah, right You're, the surprise factor is there it is amazing so Courtney Love <laughs> is is the, the grown up version of the high school chick who just goes around and bangs guys and gets all the other chicks mad and i mean she's yeah. but she gets them she gets the artist not not the not the jocks mad she gets the artist dudes mad so they she's can like write. the physical embodiment of loki she's just complete <laughs> just total chaos and she just but she brings <laughs> greatness but she takes great yeah. she's like you have to get through her do you have to get you have to get through her to get to this level of greatness i guess yeah yeah it's amazing yeah. talk about the pearly gates jeez dude <laughs> Do you really think? I mean, let's talk, Courtney Love. Do you really think all those dudes? Do you think all those dudes are Eskimo brothers through her? Yes. I mean, yes. If, really, yes. that's a weird fraternity, right yes. there. Yeah, that's a crazy <laughs> fraternity. Yeah. Yeah. They'd have some crazy okay. parties, though. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, all right. So recap your list for us, Harrison. So I have Hallback Girl by Gwen Stefani. It's about Courtney Love. I have Starfuckers Inc. By Nine Inch Nails is about Courtney Love. I have Coattails of a Dead Man by Primus is about Courtney Love. I have I'll Stick Around by Foo Fighters is about Courtney Love. And uh, Professional Widow by Tori Amos also about Courtney Love. Wow. Why wow. am I sensing a theme here? Common wow. denominator. I have. Yeah. Now I know why Harrison told me like weeks ago. We've been planning this yeah. show for a while. He told me weeks ago, he's like, oh, I've had my list like the minute we decided on this. Yeah, now I know exactly really? why you were so amped up about this, about this yeah. list. Well, yeah. All right, my list. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> at number five, get in the ring. Guns N' Roses off of Use Your Illusion Two, in which Axel just disses everybody. Of course, get in the oh, ring. Oh, that's a that's it's, a great one. I feel oh, like God. who does he who does he diss? Bob Guccione, yada yada yada, all those guys. Yeah, basically yeah. every critic who, yeah. who talks shit about Guns N' Roses. Yeah, here I'll yes. I'll get to the part. I just gotta find something to put this in that I can listen to it. I got the I got the cassette tape in my office. Wow. Yeah. You know, the, the funny thing I think for people of our generation. Is that they, you know, when that song came out on User Illusion 2, yeah, you know, it was 1992, I think, and and you know, it felt very rebellious, right? Listening to that, yeah, when you're like 13 years old, yeah, yeah, and you're like, yeah, because that's what you, it's all the older friends in the neighborhood. Your older brothers listen to YouTube, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, my brother, my brother Drew had the album User Illusion 2, and we're sitting there listening to it on repeat. We're just like, yeah. How strong awesome. is this this album? The 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 front side of this album, if you want to whatever you want to call it, the first seven tracks yeah, or so, <laughs> ridiculous, dude. This album, Use Your Illusion Two. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna Yesterday, run them off for you. Civil War, Civil yeah. War, fourteen years. Yesterday's knocking on heaven's door. Get in the ring, Shotgun Blues. Bam, 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 bam. It's unbelievable. That's Use Your Illusion yeah. Two. That no, is for a swan song. It's pretty damn good. If we just <laughs> if we just ignore everything after that, yeah. which we should, as we've covered the spaghetti incident. I know. Yeah, past. yeah. All right, get in the ring, GNR. You know what? Number four on my list. I don't know who it's about. I didn't do any research, but I just wanted to mention Ugly Kid Joe and everything about of you. you did. <laughs> of course. 
I think our listeners have learned by now Scott's uh, the things he likes to go back. The wheels yeah, he goes yeah, back yeah. to. I, song's I, clear, I, it's clearly about somebody, so I'll give you that. Is, thank you. It is about it, somebody. Yeah, thank it's you. probably about Courtney Love. You know what? And I should have <laughs> said we probably could have gotten the front man of Ugly Kajo to be on the show to tell us who it's about. But uh, well, we'll have to wait. Long dead. Yeah, yeah. Long dead. Uh, so everything about you by Ugly Kajo at number four. Number three. Dre Day by Dr. Dre. I mean, and that's of oh, course yeah. the diss towards Easy E and and uh, and I, even Ice Cube actually in the song as well. And it's a, and as I was telling Todd before the show, really important track in the in the hip hop history. Oh, yeah. Uh, because oh, yeah. in the world in the world of hip hop history, because it introduced us really to Snoop. Uh, you know, well, I guess nothing but G thing did do, but I feel like that that yeah, Dre Day that Dre thing. Day, but the Dre Day video with them in the parking. I mean, not that nothing but a G thing wasn't successful and wasn't a big video too, and probably that single came out first. But I I love Snoop on Dre Day even better than on other but G. I just think um, uh, that that song is awesome, and yeah, of course the the diss towards that's okay. that's the song that got everybody hyped for his album when it did finally come out. I think oh, for the chronic. It, yeah. took, it took like a, no for Snoop's Snoop's album. Oh yeah, Snoop, yeah, 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 yeah. Album. I think you're right. Yeah, like yeah. It, yeah, it took yeah, forever yeah. for the album to come out. Right? Yeah, and that's yeah. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Donkey yeah. Dog World. Yeah. And of course, Stray uh, Day also, just, yeah, just that video is—it's an iconic video too. I, yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching that video so much on MTV. Yeah. And fun fact, actually, I learned is the record exec—you know, the fat guy in the video—yeah, was actually a real life record exec at Interscope named Steve Berman. <laughs> of course he was. Of course yes, he was. That's uh, great. And then, and, and then NW, you know, who's going to play the, the uh, who's going to play him in the movie is going to be uh, Paul Giamatti. Have you guys seen this NWA movie that's coming out? Oh, now? he's going to play the manager? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think his name's Jerry Heller. I yeah, say, yeah, I think you're name. right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but so. I, have a, I, I just wanted to give an honorable mention since we're talking about NWA. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that was on my list in, at some point but I knocked off late in the game was uh, the song No Vaseline by Ice Cube. Oh, yeah. Is a, is a pretty vicious diss song of everyone else in NWA. Yeah, he yeah. Tears, he tears up Dre. He tears up MC Ren. It's and definitely Easy e it's, it's, it's a great song. It's so weird. And now they're going to do – now this movie's coming out with Dre's kid in it. It's just weird. It, the whole thing is weird. It is weird. And that's, yeah. that's a funny thing that we'll get into in, like, my list. But the, the funny thing about these songs is, you know, they're all about conflict. Some of them well, are violent. This and and but a lot of them ended happily. Not all yeah. of them, which but but some of them they all shook hands. They even collaborated numerous times, which I find funny. So NWA seems to have all, but you, you know, even before Easy E died, I think there was some reconciliation. Yeah, you know what's funny about hip hop, and, and and I'm gonna mention another hip hop song here next is I had growing up there were you know the things that were big when we were growing up as kids there were two things that really became really popular one professional wrestling two hip hop and rap music and i always felt like there was this hip hop the way that it was because you had these fake names you had characters you had a lot of guys teaming up right it's like tag teams i felt like there was this yeah, kind of alignment with wrestling and it's the same kind of thing they do these diss songs and it's almost like the way that wrestlers would have these feuds and then they'd move on and the next the next year at WrestleMania they'd be tag team partners right yeah so yeah, I felt like they true. anyway I feel like that's how it kind and of you're works. right and the, yeah. the, the kind of a uh, emergence of both and was, it's that the adults kind of, the soap opera aspect yeah it is that, it yeah. is it is it kind of emerged at the same time like in the early 80s you know and then grew yeah. throughout the 80s and yeah you know, obviously wrestling maybe 
didn't follow the arc of hip hop exactly after that, but yeah, they had similar trajectory. Yeah, look at us. We're getting deep on the pop culture tip today, you guys. That's the right. Courtney Love stuff and that hip hop and wrestling. So the next song on my list, how can you again a hip hop feud? I mean, how can you leave a song off that starts with this? Gunshots. What's up, niggas? Yes, that's right. Nas's message in Ether, of uh, course, all about Jay Z. The Nas versus Jay Z feud uh, is is number classic. Two. Yeah, yeah, it is classic. A classic. But they've seemed to have like made up. I don't know. But now they're both old. Now they're both like old dudes. It's no, but they have made up. They did. Uh, yeah, they, they made did up. Black President. Together. Right, right. They've done, yeah. and they've done a few other songs since then. So they buried the hatchet. Yeah. 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 So not they 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 fight danced it out with music. You know, they just took care of it. That's right. That's right. It's kind of like so. It's just like professional wrestling in that way. They made up and now they're tag team partners. Number better. It's better for business for them to make up. It was. It was. That was quite the feud, though. That was. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, that was quite the feud. One. And number it was one, probably the second biggest feud in hip hop history. Yes. Maybe that you could argue the first biggest, but I would say the second biggest. We'll get into that on my list. <laughs> <laughs> number one, <laughs> number one diss song, which I'm surprised it wasn't on Harrison's list, but I didn't know that he was going with the all Courtney Love list. Is "You're So Vain" by Carly Simon. So uh, that yes. is yeah. that is number Good one. Choice. Yes, that deserves that deserves some. You know, I figured it it deserved mention. I thought about. It. I think yeah. it was the first. You know, I I could be wrong on this, but one of the first big pop diss songs. I yeah. agree. I I, yeah, but it's also know? and also a song, interestingly enough, that has always been set has been. Don't tell me it's been about, love. No, about <laughs> or, about <laughs> about, Warren Beatty, about Warren Beatty, which brings us back to Axl Rose's rant. It actually wasn't oh, about yeah. me, but about Warren Beatty. Oh my God, where we 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 got to find that the Warren Beatty Axl Rose. The, yeah, 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 didn't even get to yeah the, we yeah. didn't even yeah, talk you, about that. You, you oh my god, got it off for your bit there. Yeah, well, I, you know, there's not. We need an intern around here to do some pre-production. I'm just gonna I be. I forgot honest. that was about Warren yeah. Beatty. Oh, here we go. Yeah, rant. hold on. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. That's right. That rant was Warren Beatty. I, I was trying to remember when you played it. Like, who's yeah, this yeah. About? So the rant that you guys heard a couple of minutes back was about Warren Beatty, and the backstory there is. Where is, let me let me get the backstory on why why Axel and Warren Beatty. It was about it was at the Madonna Dick Tracy uh, time. It had to be right. I'm assuming it had to be that time yeah, period. Yeah, it was around. Yeah, yeah it was around. It Dick wasn't Tracy. about Madonna. It was, it was about some. It was some other. Okay, show. so what he did was he what his girlfriend at the time was Stephanie Seymour. Okay, that was yeah. Axel's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And she from the November Rain video. Yeah, yeah. And she had been involved with Beatty. And that's why he gets all pissy wow. and starts going crazy about Man, for Warren. an old guy. He did pretty well for himself. Oh, oh, dude, Warren Beatty and Jack Nicholson were the re- I mean, oh, they were the biggest top, players. They're the top, top of the game. Top of the game. No, the only resume. But the problem is their resume has been surpassed by Derek Jeter, without a doubt. Uh, really? I yeah, I think it so. probably will continue to be. Exactly. For exactly. Quite some time. Exactly. Now, now he's been put out the stud. So yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, and if I can tie back the the I like the Carly Simon pick. Yeah. If I can tie it into the current pop zeitgeist. Um, <laughs> a funny story I read from the Taylor Swift, who's probably the queen of pop disc tracks today. True. Um, she performed with Carly Simon. She said a few years ago, but I know Carly Simon's now kind of not able to perform because she's been sick. But she performed with her a few years ago. I don't remember how long ago. And she said that Carly Simon, and she just said this in an interview recently, but Taylor said Carly Simon, like, they performed the song together. They did a duet. I'm sure it's on YouTube. 
But Carly Simon leaned over to her right after they sang the song and told her who it's about. Because there's always been speculation. The most popular theory is Warren Beatty, but there's like two other guys that are not as well known that they she dated around that time that they think it might be about. But she told Taylor, and Taylor, of course, would not divulge what she said. But I thought that was kind of cool. It was like this sorority of... You know, a Taylor Swift is loyal to the end. Yeah, that Taylor. And, uh, yeah, Taylor And Swift. that goes back to the, her current hit, Bad Blood, which is apparently a diss track of Katy Perry. So, what's, what, what is your take on the remix huh? of Bad Blood with Kendrick? I like the Kendrick verses in it. The, oh, I haven't of, heard the Kendrick version. I, I like the Kendrick version. Really? Uh, well, yeah, Harrison. I think it kind of hurts his credibility a little. But I guess yeah, that's what a lot of people say. I, it's good, though. It's, it's kind of like, dude, you're, you said that you're this like really important rapper who's kind of hardcore. Uh, and you, dude, and then no, you play no. No rappers, ever been, no rappers ever been punished for doing a crossover. Yeah, I don't have an issue with it. And yeah. I think it's a cool track. I think he does a great job on the track. I think it was great because I think it's I think it's good for him. But anyway. Hey, look, I'm going to show love for Kendrick, so I don't want to, you know, diss right, him. You are. So I won't. Well, let's. Uh, a little bit. Uh, so, I'm about to put him on a pedestal, so go ahead. That's true. Without without any further ado, uh, we'll go to your <laughs> list. One a little further ado because I'll recap mine. Do you want to recap mine. your yeah, list? I'm going to recap yeah. mine. Number five, Get in the Ring, GNR. Number four, Everything About You by Ugly kid joe who you've heard about on this show before number three dre day by dr dre number two ether by nas and number one you're sylvain carly simon todd you're up all right all right um well so number five i just talked about kendrick lamar um i think he i think he was part of well the reason basically the biggest the best diss track of the last several years the best of maybe even the last decade but um, the song Control, which ironically is not even Kendrick Lamar's song. It's Big Sean, but if it, Kendrick Lamar is featured along with Jay Electronic, I think. But Kendrick Lamar basically steal, stole the show. It, was, it came out almost two years ago, 2013. And it was like the hip-hop shot heard around the world. And uh, basically, it's just it was, he was serving notice that he was, he was the shit, for lack of a better term, and that he was the best rapper out there. And he pretty much dissed every other major rapper out there that he didn't consider in the pantheon i guess of the greatest and uh yeah he disses drake who's probably the biggest right now j cole wale Pusha T, asap rocky and the, the best part is he even disses big sean and it's his song yeah. <laughs> I think that might be the only time at least that i know of where you a diss track was done in someone else's by someone else in their song yeah here's the so, that takes balls Here's the Kendrick verse. The gold exists. I'm in Poland like the Pope. I'm a Muslim on poke. I'm Machiavelli's offspring. I'm the king of New York, king of the coast. One hand, I juggle them both. The juggernauts all in your juggler. You take me for jokes. Live in the basement, church pews and funeral faces. Cardio bracelets for my women friends. I'm in Vegas. Who the fuck y'all thought it's supposed to be? If Phil Jackson came back, still no coaching me. I'm uncoachable. I'm unsociable. Fuck y'all clubs. Fuck y'all bitches. Show Instagram. Get you gotta keep going. You yeah, see. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great rant. A lot of anger in him. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. This is a good Kendrick so rant. I, he yeah. just lays down the gauntlet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He lays down the gauntlet here, and he basically puts himself in the same echelon as Jay Z and Nas, which, you know, obviously is is pretty impressive company if that's the case. But he already put out Good Kid, Mad City. People, he already had was respected, but I think this basically told everyone, look, you're all you know, just followers in my week. And it's funny fact I found out is that his Twitter following increased by 510% the week after his release, after the song's release. 
Wow. The Todd Gelfeld, anyway. the Todd Gelfeld research department never. Uh, I don't. Never misses never, anything. Yeah, Nothing yeah. gets. I'm sorry. The I throw yeah. everything in there, yeah, but yeah. it all goes. In the here's box. the anyway. here's the part where he here's the Kendrick diss. New niggas, just new niggas, don't get involved. And I ain't rocking no more designer shit. White tees and Nike Cortez, this red Corvette's anonymous. I'm usually homeboys with the same niggas I'm rhyming with. But this is hip hop, and them niggas should know what time it is. And that goes for Jermaine Cole, Big Crit Wale. Pusha T, Meek Mills, ASAP Rocky, Drake, Big Sean, J Electron, Tyler Mac Miller. I got love for you all, but I'm trying to murder you niggas. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love you. I'm trying to murder you. Like, that's a, it's a beautiful that is so great. Sentiment yeah. There. So yeah, anyway, is. I had to I had to give a nod to that song. It's, it comes in at number five. Um, number four, a song that Harrison mentioned in his Courtney Love theme list, but I'll stick around songs, if not, I don't know, if not my favorite. Um, and uh, I think we covered this one. The only thing, the line I wanted to point out that I always enjoyed was the how could it be I'm the only one who sees your rehearsed insanity. I thought yeah. that summed up yeah. Courtney Love pretty nicely. Um, and uh, and what do you say? At the end, he repeats uh, when he says, I'll stick around. Um, I can't remember the line now. I'm forgetting it. But I don't um, owe you anything. No. Uh, no, no. At no, the no, very no. end, he repeats. Uh, but anyway, that's all right. So that's number four. Great, great song. I enjoyed the Courtney Love this. Um, number three, uh, going back to, to the rap uh side of things the takeover by jay-z um great song actually probably of of the all the rap this songs probably my favorite actual uh hook or or it's so it's very hook laden song um the only reason it's not higher on my list than number three is it's they're not quite as vicious as my top two um but he does trash nas in this song um, a lot of people at the time thought that it might end Nas's career because Nas was already kind of on the downhill at that point around 2001. And in fact, it <laughs> I think it rejuvenated well, Nas's career, so it had the opposite. Yeah, but I was gonna say that that stuff that Nas put out around that time wasn't wasn't his by far not his best stuff. Oh yeah, so, like yeah Nostradamus yeah. Oh, that yeah. was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. And Jay Z even said, I, I love how he. He gives him credit for one good album when he says you had one hot album every ten year average. That was the line. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cool. It's like you just it was a nice backhanded compliment. Yeah, it's called uh, damning with faint praise, I think is the right Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh anyway, it's a great song. The production by Kanye, I think, is part of what makes the song. And it's a, a great sample. And I don't know if that was Jay Z's idea or Kanye's, but they sampled the doors five to one. And that, but uh, anyway, it's a hell of a song. Old school hope, oh, man. Jim, Jim I know. Morrison in the background. Great. It um, is, yeah. So then, oh, no, I was going to say, number two, the response to to Takeover, which was Ether by Nas, which Scott already mentioned, um, but just a brutal, <laughs> brutal comeback. Like, I love the Jay-Z song because, like I said, I think it's really catchy, but it doesn't have the edge and the, like the, just the viciousness that, 
that Ether does. And Ether just mocks everything about Jay-Z. His looks, his sexuality, the misogyny in his songs, his lack of originality, uh, how he rap rips off, he ripped off Biggie and didn't respect Biggie. Um, so it was, the funny thing is, I didn't know this, but uh, the song was so influential in the hip hop world that Ether actually became a verb, which mean, means, which meant to completely dismantle someone in a rap battle. Wow. Oh, wow. Was, you got spoke, that speaks to the power of Ether. Yeah, Ether, yeah. Ever, yeah Ether's, yeah, that's a, that's a so, diss track, man. I feel like it became the hip hop reference point or the yardstick for all diss tracks. So yeah. that's why it's number two. And, you might and, wonder, and deep into the history of hip hop diss tra tracks, too. You know, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't seminal early on. This is, this is, right, yeah, this yeah. Later. Yeah, no, this was this century. Yeah. Later stuff. Or so, later on, yeah. And then something to be said for that. Yeah. So you might wonder, well, if, if it's really the yardstick for hip hop diss tracks, what could be higher? And your answer would be Tupac hit him up, which to me is just is just the most. And I, I know I've said the word vicious a lot, but this song, it's just it's just furious and there's rage and you can feel it. And I read it was cool an interview with the guy who produced the album. This guy, this guy was named Johnny J, and he said he was like, this was real. He was like, it was he was kind of scary in the studio and he even said i didn't want to work with tupac again after that because it, it was such a twisted song where he, he tells biggie that he screwed his wife faith evans and, and there's nothing left for the imagination so it's a, it's a great song and um and i think it's made you know like a lot of things you know death can can make someone a martyr or may elevate the stature of someone but tupac died he was killed three months after it was released so it kind of makes the song eerie when you hear it now. He's threatening Biggie. Rumors were that Biggie had something to do with yeah. his death and Puffy. And he talks shit about Biggie and Puffy and all of Bad Boy and pretty much every every East but, Coast rapper. Yeah. So this was the this was like the peak of the East Coast West Coast. But now we know we know who killed Biggie and Tupac. Obviously, Axl Rose, Courtney Love, and Scott Weiland oh, okay. conspired together well, to do this. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. Well, because yeah. we solved the mystery on this show, I mean, these our ratings are going to be off the charts, I think. Now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Dude, vibe? They got, you know, they're going to oh. retweet us. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Todd, so, yeah. Anyway, that's my list. Um, so, just to recap. Recap, man, recap, number, yeah. Number five, Control, Kendrick Lamar, even though it's a big Sean song, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, number four, I'll stick around, Foo Fighters. Three, Takeover, Jay-Z. Two Ether Nas and number one Tupac. Hit him up. Cool, man. Cool. So, so, so the final, the final list, the final five. We've got on the board. Ether's got to be on the final list. I'll stick oh, around. Yeah. Got to be. And I'll stick around. I'll yeah, stick yeah. Around. I'll stick around. Those are on the final list. Uh, so that leaves us. I'm gonna take everything about you. Just that's gonna that's gonna get that's not gonna go on the big board. All right. So. I, I, we can't make it purely – well, it's not purely Courtney Love, obviously. <coughs> Let's throw some more stuff on the big board. I'll take uh, from your guys' list. I would put uh, – I would put – I would put that big sh big Sean Control I'll put up there. Oh, I'll nominate yeah. that one. Nice. Yeah, what do you – how do you guys feel from others' lists? What do you guys think should be up I, there? Let's see. I would put I'm, – I'm thinking either Dre Day or You're So Vain. But, All right. Uh, 
All right, we can put them both up there. That's okay. Yeah. And I think I'm gonna go Harris. I think Hollaback Girl. As much as as much as I don't like the song, I love the story. And I, I, great story. Yeah, it's a great story. And there is some. There's something about that story that that kind of. Right. Yeah. 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 So. Courtney Love has a weird special magic. She's a horrible person, but it seems to rub off on people in a creative way. It, you'll never listen to the song the same way again. No. Now when I hear B A N A N A N. Yeah, you never think about it. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So on the on the big board now, we've got You're So Vain. We've got Hollaback Girl. Uh, we've got Big Sean Control. Anything Dre else? Day with Dre. Dre Day. Yeah, and Dre Day. Yeah. So what? Uh, anybody? What as you sorry about all the smoke in the studio, Harrison. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said Dre Day, and he's like chronic. What? Uh, so anyway, so what do we do? Who's who? What are we? Where are we going here, guys? Give me some. Where are we? Where are we going? What's what's staying can, up? What's staying up on the list? How I'm about, okay with. Yeah, but yeah. well, actually, but, only one has to come off at this point. I think you're so, we have oh, you're so okay. Bane, We have Ether. We have Dre Day. We have Hollaback Girl, and I'll stick around. One, two. I would vote for taking Dre Day off, and I think the rest is good. Okay. All right. Ty, All right. That's that's fine for uh, yeah for the sake of some you balance. Know, that's one of you're my, so Bane is like yeah. I said. I think it's important yeah. in this. Even though it's tame relative to some of the other songs, it's important in this category. It's right. a leader. It's a leader in its class. It is. Yeah, it gets points for being. Oh, I miscounted. Of... I, I miscounted. Actually, we have five: You're Sylvain, Dre Day, I'll Stick Around, Ether, and Hollaback Girl. So all we have to do is oh. order them right now. Oh, yeah. okay. Order, order. That works out so. nicely. I, I'd be I okay with putting Ether number one. Yeah, okay. I would too. All right. Since it is a verb, it's the only song that became a verb. Ether one, I'll stick around at <laughs> two. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I think then the the question. What else do we have? We yep. have Hollerback Girl, You're So Vain, and Dre Day. Hollerback Girl maybe above You're So Vain because of the story. Yeah, I think you I think really? you just put the order right there. Yeah. Hollerback Girl, uh, You're So Vain, and Dre Day. There you go. And Todd, your thoughts? You don't want it. You 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 have a problem with that Hollerback mm-hmm. Girl being above You're So Vain? No, I don't. Uh, no, actually, Dre Day would be the one that I would move. Oh, up, but I'm okay with it being. I'm okay with being a number five. Okay, that, that works. That All works right. For me. I kind of All right. The final list. Uh, number five is Dre Day by Dr. Dre. Number four, Your Sylvain, Carly Simon. Number three, Hollaback Girl, Gwen Stefani. Number two, I'll Stick Around by Foo Fighters. And number one, Ether by Nas. So, uh, plenty of people dissed along the way. That's that be. So we've dissed Warren Beatty. Easy E, Ice Cube, Jay Z, and Courtney Love. Well done, guys. Repeatedly. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well done. Um, all right. Well, that's that's our list for this episode of Twisted Lister. Before we get out of here, what are you guys listening to these days, Harrison? Uh, I've been listening to, uh, I listened to this week to Drones by Muse, which is a confusing mess of a terrible <laughs> concept album. Wow. Uh, I yeah. like Muse. Like, I enjoy their music. Yeah. They I wrote this. Say, they were part of Jade Stem. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? And then so they wrote. <laughs> yeah. They wrote this whole, this whole concept album about drone warfare. And, like, it maybe, it maybe it would have been relevant like 10 years ago, but nobody's, like, nobody's. But in a war mindset right now, so I don't know. I don't know where they're going with it. It just—I heard it was a thinly veiled metaphor for the dissolution of his relationship with Kate Hudson. That's what I read. 
Oh, well, that would also make sense. That's what I Oh, so could, I, I, Kate Hudson, could we talk about, yeah, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson and her influence. Wait a minute. I don't know if Kate Hudson has really inspired greatness from Chris Robinson. I don't think. <laughs> oh, no, she might, she might be the anti-Courtney Love in that way. Because this is a mediocre. <laughs> Although album. Spotify. Drive artists into the ground. Spotify yeah. does. This, this album is terrible. She might, yeah, she might be an well, actual. Oh, I hate to blame Kate Hudson. Spotify does but... continue to tell me that I recommended for me as a new release. Released by Chris Robinson Brotherhood. I have yet to check it out, so I'm not sure. Well, maybe now that he's free from the shackles of Kate Hudson, it might be, it might be really good. Oh man, I'm gonna test this theory out. I bet this this is true that she just knows dives people. Well, it goes she back. Wasn't to, one of my favorite movies, but I, then again, well, almost famous. Also, but, you know, this goes back to our trip to Bonnaroo 11 years ago. Chris Robinson and New Earth Mud, I think, was on the bill, and I don't, yes, I don't think anybody was. remembers that. So, yeah, all right. Well, so the Muse album, uh, that's what that's what you've checked out, and you're not giving it a thumbs up, obviously. No, and I also listened to the Magic Whip by Blur, which is just now just Damien Albert and Friends. It's, right. Uh, Damien Albert and Friends. It's just, yeah, it's just a continuation of his uh, solo thing, and that's not a bad thing. It's just not Blur anymore. Right. But it's, yeah, right. I, I still liked it. I liked it. But it's, now it's in that storytelling vein. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Todd? But, yeah. Ty, what have you been checking um, out, man? Well, I talked about the shows I've seen. I guess uh, as far as like a concert preview, I'm going to see David Gray on Tuesday. I know that's not hardcore. No, but, that's um... okay. David Gray, I, he like resurfaces I, I, every every 10 years. Great. That's what he does. You know, he's yeah. quietly continued putting out great yeah. music yeah. since you know he's Babylon and all the, hit, the hits you had off yeah. of uh, White Ladder, yeah. which is now – it's it, this is uh you have to like hold your seat when you hear this but I'm pretty sure that album's like 15 years old yeah so that makes me right. feel old yeah but that's when I first saw him uh, back in college and he just quietly put out great music it doesn't get much attention but anyway I'm going to see him this week so I've been listening to him a bunch cool and Amos Lee actually is opening and he's oh, oh nice that's he's, a good double yeah it's yeah, no, a, a good bill. double bill yeah where where do they what uh, what venues is that tour they're playing at, at Wolf Trap okay yeah, in Northern Virginia oh, yeah yeah perfect. obviously of course yeah perfect. Perfect. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, well, so, I, my first Wolf Trap show of the summer. Cool. I was gonna give a shout out to my my what I'm what I've really liked as far as listening to also ties in with the summer tour. Uh, Tedeschi and Trucks are out on tour with Sharon Jones and Doyle Bramhall. So Sharon Jones and Tedeschi Trucks band together, which sounds phenomenal. They were just here in Northern California. I missed the show, but they recorded a studio session with all three of them, all three of the acts together. Tedeschi Trucks band, Sharon Jones and Doyle Bramhall for Spotify. It's a Spotify session, and it's well worth checking out uh, if you have some time. So, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I need was, to check. I haven't checked it out yeah. yet, but I saw Tedeschi Trucks at Jazz Fest in New Orleans, and they put on a hell of a show. Dude, so they're one of the best. I mean, I don't see how I, 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 they're one of the best bands out there today, without a doubt. I, there's no doubt. I, I know that it's kind of genre specific because they don't fall into the. You know, they're not. They're they're a blues. It's a bluesy yeah, act, a obviously. Pop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually. But I gotta say, I mean, they're one of the best bands out there today. From a no, talent the, standpoint, no, the talent is yeah, you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I agree. yeah. So uh, let's let Axel play us out, guys. And we'll talk again <laughs> what soon. Could be more appropriate. Yeah. What See could... you guys live. See yes. You guys on the, yeah, Twisted Lister live. That's right. We're going. We're gonna be at the Foo Fighters show together, Foo Fighters Fest at RFK. So. Come see us. Say hello. (laughs) Get in the ring, motherfuckers.